Well, hi, everyone. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, SCU Chief of Staff. We want to welcome you to Framework Leadership today, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to make your leadership uh, go to the next level. We're now exclusively a part of the SCU Podcast Network. And this morning, wow, I'm excited to introduce our guest for today's show, Quincy McKnight. Quincy is an entrepreneur and the CEO of Covenant Pay Partners, a privately held payment processing company and nominee for the Nashville Business Journal's Most Admired CEOs of 2020. Come on. He is also running for election to the U.S. House of Representatives to represent Tennessee's 5th Congressional District. Quincy, what an honor to welcome you to our show today. Thank you for having me. Hey, I'm really excited about this conversation because I think that uh, obviously public service really is something that I believe every successful leader should consider pursuing no matter what sector Absolutely. they're in. And, and I'm excited to dive into your story. Quincy, uh, talk about the leadership lessons maybe you've developed over your career leading up to your decision to run for office and, and tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you came to be CEO of CPP. Sure. Well, um, I have always been in a, a daredevil, man. Mm-hmm. I've always been a risk taker. I was, I was raised that way, man. Um, so when you come up in the foster system a little bit, it teaches you to have some tough skin. Absolutely. You know? so, <laughs> oh, that's great. So, <laughs> so how I view this thing is, you know, I'm going to take life by the horns and just go for it. So being a risk taker, uh, I, I tried out corporate America. Didn't work out. Um, been in the same industry for over 20 years. Mm. Um, got tired of working for idiots, pretty much. Right? <laughs> and, yeah. And 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 so um, I decided to jump out on my own platform uh, with Covenant Pay Partners. We started it um, back in 2012. Mm. It was formerly QPay, and we rebranded it last year. Mm. So... Um, where we are now, we've grown dramatically. I started just me by myself, bootstrapped this company, and wow. uh, where we are now we're you know we're a six hundred million dollar processing a year company. Wow, that's um, a great accomplishment. Now, you you obviously know the importance of hard work over the years and 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 within your organization. As a CEO, what are the best ways you've learned um, to motivate your team and 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 even self motivation? You know, I encourage, and we were just having a conversation yesterday about this uh, with my sales team, and one of the things that I, as a leader, encourage is, is what I try to do is have allowed my employees and my salespeople to set personal goals for mm. themselves. Um, because if they're not happy personally, they're definitely not going to make your company any successes. Mm. Um, so I, I, my one of my biggest goals is to make sure that I motivate them, um, give them the resources they're going to need, um, and encourage them to always making sure that they're hitting their personal goals. And, and, and I always try to make sure, too, that they set these goals almost monthly and weekly. It mm. depends on the person, but I just, it's, it's all about the person. Right. Absolutely. You know, Quincy, as we're recording this right now, we're kind of facing one of the uh, biggest labor crunches that this country has had all, probably in the last 30, 40 years, just with everything that's happened from uh, the pandemic this past year. Um, but finding great talent is a problem no matter what's happening on the macroeconomic level. How have you been able to find good talent? How do you how do you keep them? How do you have turnover, uh, particularly in kind of the climate that we're dealing with right now? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think that one of the successes that I have found is actually going out and having conversations mm. with people. Um, I, I'm, 
you know, we have so much stuff on social media between the news, social media, talking about so much reason why people stand at home, choosing not to work. Mm. I'm deciding to actually have conversations with qualified people. And I'm actually asking people, send me some qualified salespeople. Send me a qualified person that wants mm-hmm. to be an, a manager. Yeah. Um, send me these people. Let me talk to them. Yeah. Let me find out what their concern is. Yeah. Um, yeah, they want more money. But at the end of the day, you still need to be working. Mm. How can I help you get to that next place because I think with the changing of the guard in our administration, it hasn't helped America to mm. because it's made us lazy. Right, it's, right. it's made majority of of people like myself that started bootstrapped a company. It's kind of like, you know, where's the help? Right. I mean, there are restaurant there are restaurant owners here in Nashville and across this country that put help wanted signs up. I mean, mm. there are multi-billion dollar corporations can't find help. Right. It's just sad. Right. And the biggest thing is we, we have to learn to take the profit out of this unemployment, give people incentives to come back to work. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't do it, do it for themselves, do it for their children or the next generation that's coming behind. Right. Mm-hmm. So good. When did uh, when did you f- uh, begin to, to, to feel the calling to kind of make a change in your career and now uh, pursuing and entering public service? Well, I was asked, um, I, I've been admiring politics for a long time. And as a foster kid, and I'm going to reflect back here for a second. We used to sit around on Saturday mornings because we didn't get to watch TV every day. So when you're in a house full of other children, you got limited mm. abilities and everything. So, um, But on Saturday mornings, I would used to see Ronald Reagan on TV, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I would be like, man, I, and I used to call him. I didn't know he was president at a young age. So I would call him. He was congressman. So I always thought, I want to be that congressman. I want to be that. And and I remember my foster mom would always tell me, oh, stop dreaming, boy. Stop dreaming. Wow. And and, and so, so when you remember those type of things, this is not something that I'm not just jumping into politics because, oh, I want the glit and glamour. I don't need that. Matter of fact, I don't want the headache that comes with mm-hmm. it, but it's sure. part of the game. Right. You know, uh, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do right now. And we need leaders with spines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I'm a... I, I told you from the beginning, you know, I'm not afraid of risk. Mm-hmm. I jumped out there, lost, ain't been through a divorce. I mean, I've, I've, it, if you can think of one thing, I've been through it. Right. And fight, and, and we need fighters. Mm-hmm. We need fighters. And that's what I am. And that's what's encouraged me to get to where I'm at, trying to run for the congressional seat here in Tennessee and re- really, truly make a difference and be a voice for people. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for, and and as you look at different um, people who've engaged in public service, especially business leaders, why is it important for business leaders to think about civic engagement as a part of their careers? I mean, uh, former President Trump was a, a, a strong business leader, and mm-hmm. you could see that reflected in his policies and how it affected the economy. But why is it so important, especially for business leaders? Business leaders have to have a lot more influence. Um, mm-hmm. I believe their voice their voice goes further. Mm-hmm. Um, as you as times pass, most politicians that, that are well, pe- most people that turn politician have been lawyers. They've been life term politicians right. that generational wealth has been passed down to them, so they decide to run for office. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people have never had real jobs. Just to be frank with you, wow. Um, and so business owners to me stand out. Because they tell the truth. Mm. They know economics. They know how to make payroll. They know how to fire people. They know how to to hire people. They know how they know policy. Right. You know, um, and, and so that's the same thing like our, our past president, President Trump. 
one of the things that he was great at was keeping and protecting America because of his business skills. Absolutely. I don't. Yeah. And that's why I tell everyone we didn't hire a politician. We didn't we didn't elect a politician. Yeah, we, 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 we elected a businessman. Mm hmm. And that's what he's there to do, is to help protect America, keep America safe, protect our economy. Um, and, and that's why I think that business owners make the best politicians, mm -hmm. because there's no gray area. Yeah, There's just no gray area. You're yeah. going to get what you're going to get, and if you don't like it, I mean, it's kind of like mm -hmm. and I told some people the other day. Why are you going to set it? You don't argue with your boss, because if you argue with your boss, what happens? You're going to get fired. Right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah, I mean when you think about it business business in America, that's where policy becomes reality. Like that's where the rubber meets the road on a on a political thing. It's great for congressional, you know, absolutely. legislators to sit up in Congress yep. and talk about the theory of it, but it, it's at business is where those theories actually become practical. And so it's great to have people who've been living with that practical reality leading, dictating Kind of coming up with those um, with those ideas on that side of it. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think holds business leaders back from participating in civil service? Why why is why why are you so unique and so incredible? And in our pre, you know former President Trump and all that kind of stuff. What made you guys kind of? What do you think holds back your colleagues from from jumping into that? I think it's the fear of example. Cancel people like cancel culture. Mm, right. That's attacking business owners. I mean, like, look what they did to Mike Lindell, or tried mm, right, to do. Right, right. You know? yeah. um, he set the bar, I believe, from a CEO, from founder, he had an idea, he created it, successful organization, mm -hmm. and then cancel culture came after him like lightning in the night. Mm -hmm. So, but now he's making more money than he did before. Right. Yep. Because people, people are banding together, and they're, and they're sticking up for this businessman. Yeah. So, I think it's the fear of getting canceled nowadays that most business owners don't want to stick themselves out there. I mean, I, I, heck, I got, I just got, um, on Monday, one of our large clients, um, I had their board to contact me to tell me, oh, well, we got, we, we may have to look for another processor because you're running for uh, office. I say, is it because I'm running for office or is it mm. because I'm running on service? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's get to the bottom of this. I'm so excited about your run. So tell us a little bit about your dream and your platform for freedom and equal opportunities. Yeah, well, I look, um, yes, that's, thank you for asking about that. Um, I have been deemed as three things. Um, I've had business owners and different politicians tell me, because I'm not part of the the political establishment, okay? I'm a business guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to, oh, they've been up here forever. So I, I, I deem myself as a populist. I deem myself as a, as a fighter. Um, I, I, as an outsider, I'm a disruptor. Um, and that's how I like to look at stuff. Um, in our industry, and even with our industry and business, we created a, a word called gruption. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's good disruption. Yeah. That's and so, great. So, Love it. <laughs> so how I like to view it is what I think we're going to have some gruption in our platform because we want to be able to say what needs to be said. And if it's fact, because we'll never tell it, we're not, we're not attempting to tell lies. We don't want to get up here and persuade people to believe something that's not, that's not right. We want to tell facts. We want to help people. So the platform is based on facts. It's based on um, how this country can be great again. It's based on 
having a strong economic economic system um, and and making sure that every single voice is heard because I'm a believer. I don't care what walk of life you are at. I don't care if you're gay, straight, Christian, Jew, Gentile. I don't care what you are. That's between you and your God. Right. But. One thing we do have in common, we also have a set of values. We all believe in the Constitution. We all believe that that we want the best out of life. And if we can get there together, if I can help and be that voice to help you get to that next place or a different community to get to that next place, then let's do that. Because a lot of the times, the, one of the things that the Democrats do very, very well that the Republicans don't is grassroots. Yes. And... And, and I feel as as an African American candidate in the in a, in a conservative party, um, we're gonna we're we're doing things that are outside the normal, uh, especially for Tennessee here, because um, our Tennessee we I love my Tennessee you know GOPers, but we we don't we don't know what hard work is. Yeah, you know. And, um, and actually, if you win, you you will be the first uh, African American to represent the state of Tennessee in Congress. Is that true? That is, that is correct. So what's that accomplishment going to be mean for Tennessee? I mean, wow, that's great. Hey, hey you know, it's, it's, it's a new day, new time. And, mm-hmm. and I tell you, we have so much at stake here um, with the changing of the guard this past January. And that's why people got to get out and support the right people, support fighters. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I was just told this morning there, there, there are three types of people. You know, there are fighters, that those who support the fighters, and then those who don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. So people got uh, which of those three are they? Are you gonna, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And speaking of being a fighter, you know, you have decided to run as a Republican for a seat held by Democrats for almost 150 years. I mean, you talk yes. about biting off a huge fight at that point. What made you decide to run for that seat? What is the what is the fifth district of Tennessee mean for you? Why is that community important? And what do you hope to accomplish for that community? So, for example, I'll give you a fact. The zip code 37208 here in Nashville, it is one, deemed one of the highest mass incarcerated mm. zip codes in America, hmm. probably the top. Wow. And when I see and hear facts about these types of things and I see our existing congressmen not making an issue out of this, because, again, this goes to community issues, cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, as a Democrat, you want the black vote. But guess what? What are you doing for it? Mm. And that's the same question I pose to 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 the black community. What is your existing representative doing for in decreasing mass incarceration in this area? You know, that's and it's a major issue, right? So when when I see these types of things and, and facts that are sitting out here, I it's, it questions me to to a highest level degree to ask to ask the community, what are you doing? Why are we why are you voting that way just because? Hmm. And so we need we need facts, folks. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, that's good. Currently, you you know uh, serve as as a board member of C twelve, which is the country's largest uh, network of Christian uh, CEOs and executives. Tell us uh, about this organization and how you've um, learned to incorporate faith, not just within your campaign, but really incorporated in your daily life as you fulfill really the calling that is on your life. Well, I have learned not to force or push my faith out on people. That's just not who I am. Um, rather me encouraging, going back to what we were talking about initially at the podcast here, that, that it's about motivating and encouraging people. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to push my faith and, and, and let people see that, I hey, this guy's different. 
he operates differently. He treats me differently. His responses are different. That's my walk. That's my faith. Um, again, because I don't care what faith or religion you say that you are. Um, my actions, my examples, how I do everything. Um, that's that's a describer of, of faith. That's right. a describer of walking a good life. Yeah. Um, that's just me. I don't. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's no gray area with me anymore in my life because I've had to go through a lot um, to get where I'm at now. So um, it wasn't something that was created overnight, and, uh, or I wasn't. I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth or any of that nature. Uh, you know, I, I went. I. I tell everybody when you see yourself in the mirror, mirror, see me because I've spoken the same struggles as the next person. The divorces, the the financial challenges, the the all these things that Americans deal with every single day I've dealt with. Mm. And that's why I want people to be able to relate to me and they can, I can relate to them. Um, and this is not a, this is not a I moment. This is a we moment of us becoming better as people, mm. us becoming better business owners. It's so good. Uh, become better fathers. Cause I'm a proud father and I, I'm, and, and C12, what that does for me, it keeps me grounded because those guys hold me accountable for my actions, for how we move the direction of our company. Yeah. Um, and we set the standard, we set the actual standards um, for the direction and for the vision of our companies. And, and we just want to make our companies better. Um, and we've noticed that when we are pushing, uh, when we're pushing things that is gonna increase uh, our buying power, our clients, our whole company itself, we've seen the fruits of it. Um, and just by treating our, our customers and our employees better. So that was a, just a, some of the things that C12 would just offers, and um, yeah. I love the accountability. Hey, I want to ask uh, one final question before we move to our fire round and close out this uh, great conversation. You know, as a father and a business leader um, and an entrepreneur, you've made it uh, a goal to really integrate innovation, to integrate discipline. Uh, one of your goals is to make others achieve incredible opportunities, the success in, in who they are with their gifts, their talents, their abilities. Um, what is the one wish that you had known when you began your career as you have that perspective in mind? I wish I had another me telling the younger me. Yeah. Um, of how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, providing, because one of the things I tell everyone, I want to give you a resource. I don't care what, what background of life you come from. Everybody needs opportunity. This is America. Mm-hmm. That's what we stand for. That's what we're fighting for, for freedom and liberty. Right. So I want to be able to give those same options, those same rights, those same avenues of becoming successful. Um, and whatever your definition of success is, um, I want to give those same avenues. Um, I don't want people, like a lot of my salespeople here, I don't want them, you know, working for me for the next 20, 30 years unless they want to. I want them to gain valuable knowledge here and go open your own company. Yep. Yeah. Because that's what helps the economy go around. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who's just starting off in business? You know, if, if there's one thing, if they get this right or if they think about this thing, it'll help them for the next 10, 15, 20 years in their career. Don't be afraid to take risk mm, because yeah. do not be afraid to take the risk. Take the risk, take the jump, take the leap, and have some accountability. Yeah. When you take that, 
Make sure something's at the bottom to catch you. Exactly. That? No, that's great advice. Hey, as we move to the fire round, we just want to ask you a few questions surrounding kind of everything we've we've discussed a little bit. But I want I want you to just to answer, man. What's what's your gut say on on these questions? Uh, we want to grab a few practical and applicable pieces of advice from your experience for our listeners. So uh, we're just going to ask you about three or four questions here. The first one is, what do you think? What do you think is the most important quality for leaders to have? Most important. Integrity. Mm. Great. What advice would you give to those who are considering making a change in their careers? Take a risk. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. It. And and with that risk, don't be afraid of failure, right? Right. Because with risk, with great risk comes great reward. Yes. Absolutely. Outstanding. What leadership skills do you find the most useful in situations of uncertainty? The ability to listen, mm-hmm. the ability to admonish right versus wrong, yep. um, and being able to navigate in the middle of a rough time. Yeah, those things. That's what keeps me where I'm at. It's so huge. I mean, being able to understand what's the right decision. That, that's everything. We talk about, a lot about that on the show, how to have those kind of frameworks, how to have those right. guiding principles that help you make, make the right decisions. So last one, and this is one of my favorite questions. If there was one book you'd recommend every leader, every leader read, what would it be and why? Can I, can I show it to you? Please. Sure, please. absolutely. <laughs> Reason, I would tell everyone to read this. Love it. 48 Laws. Power. Power. Yeah, the 48, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, because I think that this thing, is, if you're if you're a leader, if you're jumping out there, no matter if you're trying to get a new career, mm. if you want to get in politics, whatever leadership role you're trying to take, uh, you have to understand the, the 48 Laws of Power, um, yeah. because it's inspirational, it's truth-telling, and it allows you to see yourself uh, within mm. Uh, the book. Yeah. Well, it, it, lets you see your, it lets you see your strengths and weaknesses. Love it. Yeah. Well, well, Quincy, I, I want to thank you for joining us on Framework Leadership. Your your platform is is absolutely going to be a, a tremendous benefit to Tennessee, but not only to Tennessee, but would be a great benefit to our entire nation. Yes. So we are going to uh, uh, look with great anticipation to your run and, and the outcome of that. And I'm grateful for your insight that you've provided our listeners. And if you want to stay up to date with Quincy, you can follow him on, on Instagram, the Quincy McKnight. Uh, for more leadership content, uh, content, check us out on Instagram, Kent underscore Engel, or Twitter, at Kent Engel. You can also visit the website uh, at KentEngel.com. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to uh, this great podcast with Quincy on Framework Leadership today. Take care. <laughs>